You're listening to Table Chat. I'm Erin. And I'm Rachel. We're full-time dietitians and part-time pizza-slash-taco enthusiasts. <laughs> this is our show where we talk food, nutrition, and whatever else we feel like. So come sit around our table and chat. Because the more you know, the more you can eat. <laughs> Dance break. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Erin. How's it going? It's going awesome. How are you? I am doing well. I'm sitting next to some really fun snacks. Yep, and we are going to eat all of them today. But first, we got to talk about something. We do. We have to give a shout out to some new listeners and commenters. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you so much to one of my very favorite couples and longtime friends of mine, Dave and Yelena. They're super supportive of our show. um, And Dave is actually in the works um, to start his own podcast. Oh my gosh, that's really exciting. Right? Um, Does he know what he's going to talk about on his show yet? I think he's planning around with a few different topics okay so so stay tuned yeah um and they actually recently tried the the tortilla pizza tortilla pizzas from from our first episode (laughs) that's awesome that was a fun episode Mm -hmm. if you guys haven't heard it yet Mm -hmm. we've also been getting some love over on instagram specifically from Lori. she's at simply leap and she was saying that she borrowed intuitive eating from her library Yay. after she heard our episode on intuitive eating. So awesome. Which was really exciting for us. And then also a shout out to Alicia G. Uh, she's actually AJ's older sister. And she has been supporting our show from the very first episode. Aww. And she let me know that she wants to borrow my copy of the book Intuitive Eating. All right. So I'll be mailing that to Denver. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're also so excited to have Sarah Kay listening in. She works in oncology nutrition she's a rock star and she's just also very supportive and this love just makes us feel so excited to be doing a project we're already excited about oh yeah but then to have other people excited again to have friends makes us just it's just even better and um oh yeah (laughs) we put a note omg our moms are finally listening to our episodes oh my god (laughs) thanks mom thanks susan we're only like i don't know six episodes yeah Yeah. but it's okay it's that technology burden you know and then of course we've also gotten some lovely itunes reviews which also make us feel just very awesome and it just makes this even more fun to do yeah definitely so today we have another real talk topic. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> real talk on the table chat. <laughs> yeah. um, and this one, we're going to focus on living simply and how we have actually incorporated uh, that in addition to minimalism into our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have heard these before. We've kind of mentioned them in past episodes mm-hmm. um, in regards to health. So we figured we should devote an entire show to it. Mm-hmm. Finally. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll d- discuss living a simple life and then minimizing the clutter in not just our homes, but in our closets, but also our minds too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really excited to chat all about this because yes. there's a lot to yes. say. But first, let's eat. So today we have another... Taste Taste test! test. We should actually develop some taste test theme music. Oh my god, that'd be so awesome. Okay, brainstorm later. Keep going. Okay, okay. (laughs) So these actually just might be our very favorite food segments. Yes, we might start just doing taste tests all together on the show and forego the cooking and the baking and the measuring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's kind of fun is this time around, we have six different, wait for it, Potato chips. What? 
did I say potato chips? <laughs> so we keep going. It was great. So you heard that right. <laughs> potato chips. Potato chips. We may be dietitians, but we do love chips. Yes. Especially the weird ones. And that's what we have gathered here today. We have. The misfits. Yeah. I'm actually going to be honest. This is kind of scary because yeah. there's one in particular that looks really scary to me. Yes. And I mean, if you walk down the chip aisle at your local grocery store now, you've probably noticed some of these interesting flavor combos. Like there's mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. There's dill pickle, which might be on board here. Yeah. Um, because we're always down to try something strange and unusual that no one else wants to try or they don't want to buy it yet because what if it's disgusting right you know what guys we are going to put these six chips to the test we're going to rank our favorites from first to last and we're going to sample these in what I'm calling a cheese platter format we're going to start with the most mild and we're going to go to the most um offensive keeping it classy. strong yes <laughs> i got this idea on spilled milk we've actually probably mentioned spilled oh milk God. more than we've mentioned our own <laughs> podcast <laughs> we have but that's what they do when they taste test things they start with kind of the the more you know mild like yeah. i said yeah so what have we got first this one right here is from lays okay this is uh southern biscuits and gravy yes and oh boy oh boy all right would you like to and this one's actually already open we had to taste or no 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 not taste we had to test how loud the bag was when we opened it it was loud it was so, so now loud. we know better here you go okay um i'll so, grab two of these so i kind of figured that let's look at what it let's see what it looks like smell it okay taste so it. so the chip i've got now almost looks like it's like a cracked pepper i was just gonna say that very peppery smells like pepper so it's like yeah just pepper but then very like i i do smell the gravy <laughs> yeah not really the biscuit yeah i don't know should let's, we give it a go let's give it a go this reminds me of something what does it remind you of this reminds me of a certain flavor of pringle chips i want to say it might oh. be like the dusting of powder but <laughs> i got pepper in my throat now <laughs> take a take a drink whoa Hmm. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm actually not offended by it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. Okay. I'm not at all. All right. So cool. Yes. Next one. Next one we've got, um, like we hinted, we've got some dill pickle flavored chips. Right. And then open it away from the microphone as we learn. So I love pickles in real life. Oh my God. I do too. I love the vinegary taste. I Ooh, I'm so excited. No. This better be good. Ooh. So these definitely you can smell the vinegar. Oh look how big it is. You've got a big one, you're lucky. Oh yeah, these smell like pickles to me. Yeah, it smells like a jar of jilled jilled oh. pickles. What <laughs> what is that? Jilled pickles. <laughs> Whatever. I love salt and vinegar chips, so Me too, me too. Ready? Ready? It tastes like a potato chip that's been soaked in brine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not offended by it. No. I think that could be good with like a sandwich. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Growing up, I hated salt and vinegar chips. Oh my god, and it's really? It's been in like the last, honestly, probably even like two to three years that I've started really liking salt and vinegar chips, and I yeah. want them when I have like a cold cut sandwich type oh, thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like got that good little kick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next, guys. Ooh, you know what? I'm gonna grab a pair of scissors because those don't open very easily. Okay. 
Can oh. you tell everyone what it is? These Actually, the last time I left Erin alone at the <laughs> microphone, she told a very stupid joke. <laughs> it was the best joke ever. People would have paid big money okay, okay. for this. <laughs> Think of another joke while I run away. Oh, jeez. Erin, comedy hour. <laughs> Aaron Comedy, I was just me laughing at myself. Yeah. Well, you really wasted your time <laughs> because I'm back. <laughs> scissors. Okay, let's just rip this open. Okay. I hate these bags. Snipping. So this, <clears throat> actually, oh, I didn't say. Didn't even say what it was. That's okay. So, um, the two bags of chips we just tried are both Lay's. Yeah. So they're the like super easy bags to rip open. Mm-hmm. This next bag is the Kettle brand of potato chips. And they've got these really thick bags that are just kind of difficult to open and the flavor Ooh. is maple bacon okay i like the picture on the front of the bag yeah <laughs> it's got pancakes <laughs> and bacon Ooh, it smells kind of like hickory barbecue actually Ooh. oh yeah it almost has it looks like just spices on the chip like little brown flecks it does kind of looks like the not quite like the peppery business from the first no, one. No, maybe almost like I want to say cumin, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Ready? Ready, set, go. So I like a kettle chip for its extra crunch and a I little bit too. thicker, but a lot crunchier. I'm kind of mm-hmm. waiting for the flavor on this one. Me too. Okay, if I were to have closed my eyes, I'm closing my eyes now. It doesn't matter. Why am I closing my eyes? But <laughs> if I had closed my eyes, I wouldn't have said. Oh, it tastes like maple and bacon. Me neither. It almost tastes just like, I would have mm-hmm. thought it was a barbecue, barbecue chip. Barbecue chips, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I haven't stopped eating it, but. I know, I haven't been offended yet. No. But I, will, I think maybe these are just like, meh, barbecue. Yeah. It tastes like a barbecue chip, honestly. Okay. This next one might be offensive to me. Where, first, where'd you buy these? Okay, so this next bag, the brand is Deep River Snacks. I like their slogan. It says, because we give a chip. (laughs) (laughs) Can that be our slogan? Yes. And this is their aged cheddar horseradish. And I do not like horseradish. I bought these chips, actually. I thought it'll be a good challenge for myself. This is another bag you have to cut open. Okay. Um... I got them at TJ Maxx, actually. I love their snack selection. They do have a little snack area. Mm-hmm. I can smell hmm. this from straight over here. Really? The picture on it looks like a cauldron of <laughs> witch's brew <laughs> with sliced bread. What does. about that says horseradish and cheddar? It's like a brew of cheese. Yeah. I'm just going to take one of these. Are they orange? Ones. They are yes, orange. They are orange. They've got a light dusting of what looks to be Doritos Lust Dust. You know, cheddar, cheddar, cheddar cheese. Potato cheddar. Potato chips. (laughs) These are like kind of a, I just, I love these. Really? I I love cheesy chips. Okay, interesting. Maybe you'll like these. Oh my gosh, I hate these so much. I I taste the horseradish. Oh no. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. (laughs) Run. Oh my gosh. Are you okay? I need to get a paper towel. See, that's funny. Oh, wait, do you like this? I do. Oh, I can't, you can take those home with you. I so, think I'd be the only one who liked these in my house though. Here's the thing though, I feel like horseradish is to these chips what like vinegar is to salt and vinegar chips. Like mm-hmm. you either love it or you hate it. Very true. Oh, but that's very 
it's very strong horseradish. Well, it says on the back. Let me just oh read this. Atlanta. Hold your horses. This <laughs> chip's got a kick. Okay. Savory sharpish cheddar. Bring tears to your eyes. And it literally did. It did. You know, actually, I could only eat maybe one or two of those. Okay. Oof. Those are definitely, we are getting back up on, like, the offensive end of the... Oh, yeah, the, we didn't even mention that. We're, like, up. Now we're yes. up. We have two more chips to try. This next one is also Lay's, but these are the kettle cooked. Mm-hmm. Wasabi ginger. Ooh. Okay. I'm interested about these. Same. I'm kind of hoping the ginger mellows it out a little bit. Hopefully. It looks like straight up potato sushi on the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grab the smallest one. How are they looking? Oh, they have like green flecks. Yeah. Kind of like. Maybe um, like dried wasabi. Yeah. It looks like matcha green tea or it something. It does. Or like those sour cream and onion chips. Oh, yes. Like the little chivey things. Oh, smell it. Any, I, I feel like it wasabi. smells like every chip. The, but <laughs> yeah. let's try it. Okay, one, two. Not quite as like kick you in the face like the no, other No, not ones. like the horseradish. Um. Hmm. It tastes like there's soy sauce. Mm-hmm. Is it? There might be. If I'm gonna seek out wasabi, this just makes me want to eat sushi. Really? Like I, I'm like, why am I eating chips? Uh huh. Hmm. But let me. Tr- this is my third one though. <laughs> I like these. Okay. I feel like if they were at a party, you'd, ha- you'd I'd eat have them? some. Okay. I would not go buy them again. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So party snack. Party snack that someone else bought for me. Oh boy. We are down to the last bag. And this is the bag we're most nervous about, even more so than the horseradish chips for myself. It's kind of a scary bag. It looks like Halloween. It is a bag of Trader Joe's ghost pepper potato chips. And these are the, do you say that lattice cut? Lattice? Lattice cut. Oh gosh, wait, is that for real? Lattice cut, yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm going to go back to fourth grade. It's okay. <laughs> so there's like flames and stuff on flames this bag. Flames and peppers. It looks very ominous. Is a ghost pepper like the highest heat level on the scale? I don't scale? know if it's the highest. Or it's pretty it, up it's there. It's up there. Ooh, oh, geez. Even smelling it. Okay. Um, this is, The bag says, if spicy flavors bring you joy more than any game or toy. I'm not reading the rest of this. This is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes, Basically, though. no. This is like ghostly fright. Take a bite. Haban- they rhymed <laughs> habanero with if you dare So I'm not reading the rest of that quote-unquote poem. But I think they're definitely trying to, like, spook you out a little bit on the back. Oh, well, my goodness. These have the most unique cut to them. Yes, they're, like, crisscross applesauce. Okay. I'm scared. Ooh, oh, I'm really scared. They smell spicy. Whew, got up my nose a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I got like one of those chips that's folded over. Ooh. Like a taco? <laughs> like a taco. Kind of perfect for you. Okay. Are you ready? ready? Oh, wait. Oh. What does it look like? Oh. It has it like It almost specs has on like it. the green specky things on it again. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Ooh. I'm not getting anything yet. Are you kidding? No. I'm feeling it. And like the back of my tongue. I'm going to have another. I really... Interesting. And you took, like, a huge chip. After the first one, it dies down. 
These aren't spicy at all to me. I will say, mm -hmm. at work, I tend to put jalapenos on everything. Oh, yeah? At lunchtime. Not like jalapeno. I put jalapenos on, like, my patients and stuff. Like, yeah. at, at lunch. Uh -huh. <laughs> I assumed you would have understood what I'm saying. Right. I'm not getting... I get, like, this residual kind of, like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you ate something kind of spicy, but... Yeah. There's a heat to them. It's not as... I thought it was going to be more offensive. We should have saved the horseradish for last. Those were the ones that yeah. freaked me out the most. Okay. Are you ready to rank, you think? Yeah. So we're going to rank, like, favorites mm -hmm. to least favorite. Yeah. My least favorite was the horseradish. That was awful. Mm -hmm. Are you in that same camp? Um... I'm gonna, yeah, I think, well, actually, I think least favorite would be these ghost pepper ones, just because I, I don't know, I'm just kind of like, meh about them, too spicy. Okay. okay. I'm a wimp, though. All right. My other least favorite was the maple bacon. Okay. Um, and then I disliked, I put the ghost pepper next, wasabi ginger, southern gravy, pickle was my favorite. Okay. Okay, now you finish yours. Okay. All right, so ghost pepper was last. Then it's going to go maple bacon, uh, biscuits and gravy, wasabi ginger, pickle is my favorite as well. Oh, really? For real. Oh, man, this is why we're meant to podcast together. Salt and vinegar love right there. Pickle sisters. Mm -hmm. There you have it, guys. And this was not sponsored at all. No, even though we have three bags of Lay's potato chips yeah. here. Yeah. Should we take one more crunch on one of our favorites? Yeah, let's do it. Okay from potato chips to simple living we are full of amazing transitions <laughs> yeah. on this show yeah we are this is why you're here yeah for the transitions <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> okay um so minimalism and living simply um these are actually i think kind of a bit of a trendy topic right now yeah. um with lots of different practices lifestyles methods you've probably heard of Marie Kondo's best-selling book, yes. The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Mm -hmm. It's actually right here. It is. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a blog podcast filmmaker duo called The Minimalists. Mm -hmm. They actually have a podcast that's pretty good, too. Mm -hmm. um, and countless other blogs, articles, and books out there showcasing how to incorporate simple living into your daily routine and your life. Um, it's an important topic to discuss, we think, because there's actually 300,000 items in the average American home. I can't even comprehend that. Me neither. Oh my goodness. I mean, I just moved the entire contents of my house, and I don't really think I hit that mark. <laughs> no. Well, and you were even just telling me you had to store a lot of stuff in the garage, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it all kind of just fits in there. It did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first things first, though. What does simple living and minimalism actually mean? Well, according to the good old Wikipedia, trusty Wikipedia, <laughs> um, simple living encompasses a number of different voluntary practices to simplify one's lifestyle. And I actually really like that voluntary yeah. word. It's very intentional. It's right. on purpose. Mm -hmm. And these may include reducing the number of one's possessions, um, generally referred to as minimalism, or increasing self-sufficiency, um, for example. And I, and I like that idea of self-sufficiency, less of that consumerism. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we 
like to think that this practice fits in nicely with our table chat show philosophy and our focus on intuitive eating and mindfulness because the act of minimalism can ultimately become a tool that assists you in your life Mm -hmm. and helping you avoid guilt, avoid, avoid feeling shame and feeling more free and focusing on what truly brings you joy in your life, um, whether that's food, relationships, or your personal health. Mm -hmm. Well said. Thanks. Um, (laughs) I think a lot of people might be thinking, so does this mean that I have to sell everything I own, Mm -hmm. move to Sweden, (laughs) paint my walls white, and live in a shoebox? (laughs) No, no, and definitely no. (laughs) But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the topic, though, um, and kind of how it fits into your life personally. Mm -hmm. So tell me what does it actually mean to you and kind of can you tell me what your personal philosophy of simple living is yeah uh, for me it means surrounding yourself with only things that either serve a purpose or bring you joy and and that includes not just your physical stuff Mm -hmm. it includes the people in your lives it includes the commitments you agree to take on all of that and I, I think it's also making sure that you're not too emotionally connected to the things that you own. Mm-hmm. Um, that you make sure that your memories aren't tied just to the physical things. Because unfortunately, physical things aren't meant to stick around forever. Things can happen to them. So you want to make sure that there's other ways that you're preserving the things that are important in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, making memories that aren't, again, tied to your things. Yeah. Um, and I, I think... Two, for me, it's not necessarily about completely rejecting consumerism because I think there's a lot of ways, you know, especially when you're buying locally and you're supporting your friends and their different entrepreneurship endeavors and things like that, Mm -hmm. it can really be a positive thing and can actually, again, bring more joy to your life. But what we, I feel, need to let go of is that compulsive consumerism where where you have to really remove yourself from that part of the environment that triggers the obsessive purchases and that perpetual wanting, Mm -hmm. which is actually also just like really easy for me to get sucked into. Mm -hmm. Like you see things on Instagram or Facebook or even billboards and you're like, oh, I I didn't think I wanted or needed that, but now like I can't stop thinking about it, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. It's unfair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And yeah, um, the one thing I also want to mention lastly is that minimalism is the thing that gets you past the things. Oh, do you like that? I do. I didn't come up with it. I actually went to <laughs> um, a book tour. Um, half of the minimalist was there. Oh. And he was talking about this idea of minimalism and what it means to him. And I thought that was a really interesting point that okay. he made. Yeah. So it's not necessarily this practice of getting rid of all of your things. Oh, yeah. But it's helping you have a life that's rich, not just in your things. Oh, yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. How, how does it look in your life? What does it mean to you? Um, I think right off the right off the bat, I kind of keeping it at the, about the things, I uh-huh. think, first and foremost. I know that I can't think when there's a lot of stuff around me. And even that's just like the physical sense. Like I can't think when there's clutter but also Mm -hmm. when there's when there's clutter in my head about like so many other things going on in my life or things that worry me Uh and so I think that translates into keeping things orderly and and kind of figuring out what's in the way of me getting what I want most out of life Mm -hmm. um 
and I think that's why like I'm I really focus on this practice and kind of this transformative arena that it can and it can have in your life um and it basically kind of allows you to have space and room for growth and I think sometimes we kind of get caught up in like things that we need to have or that we think we need to have or people that we feel like are in our life maybe not doing us any favors or maybe Mm. habits that we have in our life that maybe aren't doing us any favors and then all of a sudden we're kind of it's all like clouding our judgment and clouding um you know the potential that you have inside of you and I think once you kind of sift through that and figure out well what's kind of important to me um that minimalism I think will can help you kind of get there and like what you said it's the thing that gets you past that mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely yeah and there's this um what's fascinating to me though is that kind of recently I just feel like there's this big swell like in a social sense that there's this trend to need less want less worry less yes it's very interesting to me I think so too you know what's interesting as well as I felt like growing up it was a contest of like keeping up with the neighbors and like how much stuff did you get at Christmas or like how much stuff did you get for your birthday yeah and now it's definitely much more about that community of living with less and then sharing amongst your community members Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of flipped a little bit it has totally so what does this practice actually look like in your personal life and maybe what are some of your habits So I want to go back to when I was a kid because I think it has led to who I am now. Mm -hmm. But growing up, I was always a bit of a purger of stuff. (laughs) So I loved, and I mean loved, making piles of things to donate and take to Goodwill, Uh Um, which is a weird thing for a kid to like. But do you remember that show Clean Sweep from TLC? Yeah. Where it was like they'd take all of your belongings out of your home Uh and you'd have to make a pile of things to keep, things to sell, and things to throw away. Yeah. And I was obsessed with that. Mm -hmm. And then while all of your crap was out on your lawn and then you had a big giant garage sale, they would like redo your home. And I was like, I want someone to come do that to my room. Yeah. So... Often, I would, on weekends, even like in junior high and things like that, I would make my, my toss pile and my donate pile, and I just thought it was so fun to go through and evaluate, am I using this thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just a weird thing, though, for a kid to, to like, you know? Oh, and it's it. not like really our parents raised us that way at all. It was more mm-hmm. about like, you know, you can hold on to things that you enjoy or things that you want to have around. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, something that my mom would do growing up like we would have school projects and poster boards and crap like that yeah. that no parent wants to keep around for longer than like a week. <laughs> yeah. And so what my mom would say was, if it's important to you, if it's something you want to save, you each have a file cabinet and you can save the important papers. It wasn't large. It was, you know, it wasn't big. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, if it was something big like a poster board, she'd say, if you love it so much, I'll take a picture of you holding it and we'll put that in your file. That's, I love that. So that was kind of, I guess, a way that it started. But with like the things in our rooms, my mom had always said, you guys can keep whatever you want in your rooms if you can keep it tidy. Yeah. Um, anyways, I, I was obsessed with those routines of doing those things. Um, and then even on Christmas, my favorite thing to do after opening gifts was take them back to my room. And then start organizing through the things I did have Mm -hmm. and say, okay, now I have this new stuff. What stuff don't I need anymore? Mm -hmm. And then I would donate it, which is just the weirdest thing. Yeah. 
And then fast forwarding to now, I, I still do that. I still like to go through my things and make sure I'm using them or is it time to upgrade something or is it time to just get something out of my life? Right. And I have a very recycled wardrobe. So I have recently bought more clothes that I've needed for work and things like that. But otherwise, the clothes that I wear like on the weekend, I've mentioned before, Buffalo Exchange. <laughs> I go take clothes that I'm not wearing anymore and typically they will buy those things. I get store credit. Yeah. And then I try to make sure I'm not just like frivolously spending every time I go to Target or somewhere. Right. You're looking but, for what you need. Yeah, it's like I've evaluated, okay, what are some things that w- would be fun to have? Mm-hmm. And then I use that store credit and look there. And it becomes more of kind of an adventure of looking for things. Oh, nice. Yeah. And um, another practice is not feeling guilty about the things that I do purchase. Mm-hmm. Not feeling shame or like I've spent some like insane amount of money on something because... I have been able in my life to manage my spending and so the things I do decide to bring into my home usually are things that mm-hmm. I do need to use or things that I just think are going to brighten up my home. Yeah, yeah. So being being in check on that and then um, when I do purge things or sort through things, I use Marie Kondo's method and I go item by item, like those categories mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of room by room. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, if you're like, I'm going to organize everything in my living room, mm-hmm. maybe you have a bookshelf in there. And then you go to organize everything in your bedroom and you have more books in there. And so you haven't pulled all of that one thing into like a central location to see, oh, I have a lot of this one mm-hmm. item. So that's something else that I do. Yeah. Um. That's fascinating because we have almost we have a very similar childhood. <laughs> what what was it like when always, you were growing up? Always crazy to me when we talk because we don't talk about what we're gonna say until we actually exactly. Say it. So this is so funny. But um, I was very much the same way as a kid. Like, it's funny though because it was very unintentionally minimalist because <laughs> we we moved around a lot but also we didn't really we didn't really have a whole lot uh-huh. but when we did have things we always we always went to goodwill we always went to salvation army like everything was secondhand mm-hmm. or like gently used or something um but i think with moving a lot my parents were really focused on like what what do you need what what can you keep what what works for you now like you know we would wear shoes for such a long time and then like you know until they like literally got holes in them and then it's like you went to go get new shoes Uh but it wasn't like we just didn't have a whole lot of like extra stuff Uh so it was always just like focused on like what do you actually need Mm -hmm. and I always think that this is kind of an interesting point to bring up when it talks when I do talk about like minimalism and like simple living because there's such this dichotomy of like of having too much that you need to simplify, but then also having too little that you are forced to simplify, if that makes sense. Like you can't, like there's no such thing as simplifying because it's already simple. Oh, okay. Um, but, and, and then maybe like, I don't know, it's just an interesting um, talk about like consumerism in America, which I could talk about forever. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, as a kid, I did this all the time. I remember going through like different items in the house with my mom and just being like, um, okay, what shoes do you need? Or like, what blankets do you want? Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now I do that all the time. I'm like, I'm so, I'm so cheap. Right? <laughs> I'm so cheap. <laughs> um, but I also do kind of like this biannual purge. Okay. My husband calls it, calls it the purge <laughs> in the house because I'm so focused on like, I really just want to purchase things that we need and that do bring us joy and now that I'm in a place in my life where I can you know afford to get things like what you said I don't feel guilty about getting things that bring me joy but I always have in the back of my head of like make sure that you buy things for the intention of using them and stuff and Mm -hmm. like loving them and caring for them right um and I actually I rarely shop for new clothes kind of like you like I I rotate through a lot of different staple pieces but I make sure that those staple pieces are really good quality yes so you know I have like I have kind of like my podcast recording attire as I'll call it we're Just both like, wearing v-neck, <laughs> v-neck shirts loose tops yeah you're wearing leggings. exercise leggings I'm wearing those those tie-dye pants that I never oh take off. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, like rotating through the same type of clothes, but things that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, tidying up actually makes me feel good. Like I feel like calm. Me I too. feel like everything's good in the world. Yes. Everyone's <laughs> um, at peace. Everyone's at peace. Um, and then I think also with meal planning, which I may save this for the next question, but um, I don't really, we don't really shop for so much stuff during the week. Like, we're going to have maybe like two meals that will last us and we'll have I, yes, leftovers. Yes. Oh, yeah. I saw actually, to kind of go on a tangent, um, there was somebody on Instagram. It's the How Sweet Eats. Oh, How yeah. Sweet It Is. Uh-huh. I think it's her name, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she posted like her meal planning. She said, I actually only shop for about three meals mm-hmm. and plan for those three meals because you have leftovers. You do. And it, it's, I've realized for myself too, it's silly to plan a different meal for every day, even yeah. though in an ideal world, I'd love to eat something different every day, but it yeah. just doesn't work that way. Very it doesn't true. work that it way. Doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think also with budget, it kind of always, it kind of stems down to that too. I think when you, when you do live kind of more of a minimalist style of life, um, you focus on those things that you do need, but it allows room, I think in your budget in more of this monetary style sense to have to maybe focus on activities rather than things so maybe like all of a sudden you can like go on a trip that you have like life experiences and memories and things that last more than like the physical stuff Mm -hmm. so how do you think that this simple living thing it how does it translate into living like a healthy lifestyle I think that once your quote-unquote stuff is in order <laughs> yeah. and in place, it clears space for other priorities. Mm-hmm. Because when you're letting go of what isn't serving you anymore, it frees up not just your time, not just your money, but also your emotions. Mm-hmm. It allows you to just better focus on how to feel your best. Oh my gosh, yeah, for sure. I actually wrote a blog post about um, kind of this tidying up in reference to Marie Kondo's book, which we'll, we will post in the show notes. Um, uh-huh. But I wrote a blog post at the first of the year, kind of like as a New Year's resolution type thing, um, where I talked all about figuring out how to remove that clutter, that stuff. Yeah. Um, so you can focus on what you want to become. Because a lot of the time, like for New Year's resolutions especially, where there's a lot of people that are focused on, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to change this. But there's 
there may be like so many other things in the way of that yeah, goal ultimately right. um and i really like this quote from her book actually which kind of talks about the space in your home and that's the space in which we live should be for the person we are becoming now not for the person we were in the past mm. and i think going back to what i said about minimalism and living simply as being very transformative i think this translates kind of into that as well you know use your space to create new things create new ideas and goals for yourself mm-hmm. um and often you know i think in terms of health i think you see a lot like in magazines and books and online and instagram um you're kind of like shown like a certain way to live. Like you have to have these products to be a certain person or to be a healthful person. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's like, do you really need all that? You know, the yeah. tools for health and for good health may be already in your kitchen, maybe already in your closet, um, your own body, you know, right, that type right. of thing. I definitely agree. I think it's really easy to see pictures of people who are maybe where you feel like you want to be mm-hmm. and you're like well they have this type of exercise gear yeah they are eating these types of things they are going to these types of membership only exercise classes yeah i guess if i do all those things i can get there but then it's just creating more of that space in between like you said your past or where you're at now mm-hmm. and like where you want to become mm-hmm. and i don't know sometimes it's it's easiest just to keep it simple oh just yeah keep it simple and say like forget all of that what can I do right now what oh, are yeah. what are my tools and strengths now and I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to let the rest go so are there things that you do or maybe that you um or that you have that maybe are not considered simple <laughs> or minimal um because we're all human let's face it like, right there's things that happen right so like what are my not so minimal practices not so minimal things oh gosh here we go here's my <laughs> luggage so my laptop has become my virtual nightstand my virtual <laughs> junk drawer that's an awesome analogy so i have a major problem with taking screenshots of things that I see online whether it's like I really love that quote or it's like I really love that painting or I really love that like picture from that recipe yeah screenshot 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 (laughs) it's just it's almost obsessive and so then I just dump them onto my laptop to get them off of my phone yeah and there's also screenshots just from on my computer and I get a notification way too often saying like low space low space delete some stuff <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh but why i can't delete those things oh my god so i've got to work on that um i actually think i need to take almost a full like working day to go through my laptop because it is kind of like sorting through multiple rooms of a home <laughs> if you think about it it's very true <laughs> and then another place where i feel like i have a lot of clutter is actually in my creative ideas Mm. and actually a while ago we both had like a creative huddle meeting for our podcast to Mm -hmm. talk about upcoming episodes and just talk about our own strengths and weaknesses and something i said as a weakness is like i sometimes just have too many ideas and then i get so overwhelmed by them that i just 
don't move forward. It's funny though because I said I remember saying that I thought that was a strength for you, <laughs> which is funny. Yes, um, I think it can definitely you can harness it and use it as a strength, mm-hmm. but I think it tends to hinder me or kind of scare me or uh, slow me down. Okay, you feel paralyzed. Almost. Right, very paralyzed, but. Um, Elise Kripe, she is a mom, she is an entrepreneur, she created the Get to Work book, which is the planner, the paper planner that I use day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And right now on Instagram, she's doing a project called her 100 Days of Elise Pep Talks. Yeah. And one that she posted recently that I love that is actually helping me to move past this hurdle, she had um, posted a pep talk called Get Serious or Get Over It. Oh I'm going to read the, the little thing that she wrote, and I quote, um, We all have tons of ideas. Many are crap. <laughs> Some are good. A few are great. The trick is to evaluate them all. Cut the terrible ones. Think about the decent ones. And then get going. I hate wasting brain power on ideas I'm never going to bring to fruition. Uh. There is no sense holding tightly to an idea. Toss it or put it to work. I love that. I think it's awesome. Wow. I actually just got goosebumps up my arm after I read it. Get to work. She's very motivational, and it's something that I'm focusing on more. Again, like you said, like using it as a strength to have the curse of too many ideas. Yeah. And then be willing to say, like, okay, this idea is not great. It's mm-hmm. okay. Like, move forward. You have right. other ideas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Where Where is your clutter? That's funny. Um, so I'm like, wow, I want that like a tattoo like on my forehead. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, actually in our recent makeup episode that we did not too long ago, episode six. Yes. Um, there was actually a lot of products I didn't even mention and like didn't even have time to mention on the uh-huh. show. Uh-huh. Um, I really love experimenting with different products and like I go high low all the time and I think I have like kind of makeup ADD I like to call it. <laughs> so I have so many different things and like when we recently moved actually into a new place and I had to purge a lot of stuff because there were things that like expired and well, right. and it was just kind of like get over yourself you don't need all these different mascaras and whatnot mm-hmm. um uh, i actually tend to buy a lot of dog toys for my dog but he himself is minimalist and i'm just like <laughs> i'm like a toy pusher i don't get it he's like ma stop i'm trying to live a simplified life exactly. over here what you say earlier like i like clean lines he's like i like clean lines and bare countertops exactly. ma. swedish furniture <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, for the longest time, I was also a big magazine hoarder. Love magazines oh. of all kinds. Um, I ended up canceling all of my subscriptions. Oh, wow. That's oh, my a big God. step. Oh, yeah. And it was honestly like I would go to the mailbox and I'd be kind of like, oh, there's nothing to read. But it was less clutter in my house. Uh-huh. And then sometimes I wouldn't even get to be, to read them. And it was kind of disappointing to me. Like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I wasted all this money. Right. And I'm not reading them. And I think, too, those magazines that come to your home can kind of serve as one more to-do item. You're like, oh, my God. i got to read that thing. Or you, yeah. then you start to feel guilty, like, I spent money on it and I'm not reading it. So true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a lot of business paperwork with my practice, right. which is really annoying. It, like, hurts me sometimes <laughs> that I have to, like, keep certain, like, tax documents or stuff like that. And so right now I'm, like, really trying to figure out the best, like, 
digital space for everything uh-huh. and like again we just moved into a new house and I really want to play with like my office and get everything together so I feel like a good mindset to get it things like organized. Give a system. Yeah, mm-hmm. have a system. Um, Jason is he's kind of like an, <laughs> I heard oh that big God. sigh. And <laughs> hey this Jason, is, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's he's awesome and very supportive of the purge but it was <laughs> but seriously it's been like a point of contention in our relationship for so long um because he likes organized chaos as he calls it and okay. he has like a certain spot where he has you know papers and he says that he can find where, where anything is mm-hmm. and i'm very much like i need space to breathe to think to do and (laughs) and like we sometimes butt heads a lot when it comes to like do we really need this right can we let go of this yeah so please let me know if you have like a spouse significant other that maybe is like not on the same page as you as like maybe cleaning or maybe if you're organized and maybe they're not or the opposite um because i'd like to know your tips but um i think we've kind of gotten to the point where now i just i just talk to him about it like i'm just like hey i'm having some trouble <laughs> like i feel some anxiety exactly. from this really and uh-huh. it honestly has made it better because we just talk about it and then sometimes we don't end up getting rid of what i'd like to get rid of, <laughs> which is okay but at least then the communication is out there. It is. And to me, that's way more important than, like, getting rid of something. I would rather have a good relationship <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and and it goes both ways. Sometimes it really does. Um, my minimalism can actually cause anxiety to AJ because I'm like, I want to get rid of this, 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 and this. Same. And then I'll feel right. way more relief. But then in his head, yeah. it's like, but why would we get rid of that when it's it's still working it's still it's not broken it's not gross but it's like yeah but the emotional weight of keeping it here when say like like we have a lamp and then like there's another lamp but it's like this other lamp is working and we don't need two lamps in this room right so then his mindset is like why get rid of one when they both work but it's like because we don't need both and we could give this to somebody who can use it but again to be aware of the opposite side of how your minimalism Mm -hmm. might impact your significant other or a friend or roommate whatever it is oh yeah i've heard that conversation i've heard that before oh my god (laughs) Um, so we have actually mentioned a lot of different resources and books and stuff but can you give me kind of a rundown of things that maybe you found or read on the topic of simple living and minimalism Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah again i really liked um marie kondo's book the life-changing magic of tidying up um i i definitely you can see in my book i i marked a lot of pages yeah like kind of turned them down um some of it I felt like was a little extreme. Yeah. I think, though, similar to, like, intuitive eating, like, if it's a practice that works for you, then by all means, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm definitely pulling out certain principles of hers, like looking at different items in a whole picture and not right. going room to room and maybe missing doubles mm-hmm. that you might have of something. Mm-hmm. I also really like um, The Minimalists. They have a great blog. Again, I was able to hear them speak in person when they came to a local bookstore here in Arizona. Um, Some of their stuff, I think, is a little extreme for me. They definitely are like the guys that don't have stuff at all. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. So 
I, I mean, in my own life, there's definitely stuff that I enjoy having, you know, and I think that that's uh-huh. okay. And so I do look at a lot of their philosophies, though, and practices. And again, I've drawn from that book tour and found a lot of inspiration for living with less and creating a minimal life that works for you. Right. Um, I really like, it's the it's a blog and podcast, The Art of Simple, okay. with Tish Oxenreiter, I think is her last name. Oh, I think you showed that to me. Yeah, and she's written an article that I really liked. It was a question about like how to live simple in your 20s, and it was really inspirational. It was like, get out of debt, travel, like take the risks, yeah, you know? Yeah. So that's something that has been really true for me, something that I turn to a lot. Um, actually an article about Marie Kondo. It was from, I think, the New Yorker or mm-hmm. the New York Times. Um, it was about Marie Kondo shopping at Anthropology, And it was really interesting because you would expect a woman who's written a book about letting go of things and not being attached to them. She had a very open mind when she went shopping. She's like, I like those three things. I want to get them. Mm-hmm. And it was like she had no guilt about it because she's like, I know what I like. I know what fits me. Right. These things make me happy. I'm buying them. <laughs> and just this idea of like, if you love something so much that you'd be worried if it went on sale and it wasn't in your size or it sold out, like get it now. Yeah. And it's something I struggle with a little bit. But it is an idea I'm practicing more of, like, paying attention to my feelings about something if I do want to purchase something. Yeah. To be more aware of, like, yeah, this is something that's going to serve my life. And, you know, maybe I won't have it forever, but for right now it's something I've thought about and I want to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then also, oh, this is going to make me sound so extreme, but I went to a seminar on building tiny houses. Heard lots of articles you know, like those houses that can like hitch up on your car and you can like plant them anywhere. Yeah, and what's the square footage on those? Oh, like nothing, like five. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, it's definitely extreme, but it really has got me thinking. Um, something that the man who ran the seminar talked about was that you know, living in these small houses isn't about going without convenience it's about using what we have and using the things that we that we need right um and a point that they made that i've always kind of kept in the back of my head is that when you start getting rid of stuff you realize what you have oh yeah so those have been really important things that i've learned through those different resources yeah and then do you have some similar ones different ones i do similar ones of course because we're you know we're just like besties or something yes yes yeah so um i really like marie kondo's book again there are some maybe like some cultural touches and a little bit some of it is a little extreme for me but Mm -hmm. um i in i touched on it in my blog post but i do really like the transformative factor of it and she's very focused on how this lots of stuff in the way can kind of prevent you from living your life mm-hmm. in the best way possible. Um, I did start listening to the minimalist podcast per your recommendation, like way back when we started this, I think. Um, and it's, yeah, it's fascinating to listen to them because I, um, I often listen to podcasts like when I'm working on stuff that can kind of go with maybe half attention. So maybe uh-huh. like accounting stuff. <laughs> um, but which is probably I shouldn't probably tell my accountant that. But she, anyway. it's, she means doing the dishes. <laughs> exactly, doing the dishes. She washing, means throwing out her dog's toys. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, 
I really, it, it's hard for me sometimes because. <laughs> Who texted you? This happens every time. Is it Misty? It's Misty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. Refer to a blooper from a previous episode where Misty texted Aaron. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, um, the minimalists. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, okay, I, I really like their story, and I like that they came, that they had, you know, almost anything that they could ever want. Yeah. And they were living, like, this very, like, they always say, like, a very fast life. Not Fast in, life, fast kind of life. like mm-hmm. the dream life. Oh, yeah, dream life, had the house, the cars, the lifestyle, whatever. And mm-hmm. I just think it's fascinating that they kind of came to the conclusion that that's not all that there is. Mm-hmm. And living in, um, I think, debt plays a lot. Of, it really does play a big part in their a lot of their talks. I think debt was a very, it was it's kind of strangling sometimes. And when you, when you have that, it does prevent you from like, like, yeah, you feel like you're on top of the world and you can go purchase anything you want. But at the end of the day, you still have to pay it back, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they're a little extreme about like how they live and where they live and what they have in their house and like so, literally owning like two pairs of pants. I know. And sometimes I'm just like I've just sometimes I feel like too much of a I almost feel too female sometimes, <laughs> which is funny because like I I I'm all about like equality and everything, but I almost feel too emotional sometimes when I listen to them. Interesting. Because I'm like I do really like certain things in my house because they give me joy, and sometimes I don't think that they focus on that a lot. Right. They don't care about your fruit bowl being no. beautiful <laughs> or like this really cute cactus I'm looking at right now. You know. Like, oh yes, like yes. Anyway. <laughs> Um, But yeah. And actually to go back to something you had said earlier about that balancing act of having too much versus having too little. Yeah. I think when sometimes you do end up like purging down to like bare basics, Mm -hmm. like we're talking like almost having nothing. Yeah. There can be those times where you're like, I shouldn't have gotten rid of that one thing because I really actually am realizing I do need it and I use it a lot. And it was in, like, a fit of purging that I got rid of it. Right. So, yeah, there has to be that balance. Otherwise, you might still be consuming more than you want Mm -hmm. because you've gotten rid of all your stuff. (laughs) And you're like, oh, wait, I need, like, a bowl to eat food out of. (laughs) Right. And they also, like, live in Montana or something, too. Oh, do they? Okay. But anyway, you should go listen to the podcast and go, like... very interesting men. Very interesting, very eloquent, too. Oh, great speakers. Beautiful writing. Yes. Go listen. One more thing, though. Um, You've... Have you heard of Dave Ramsey? He, yeah, <laughs> I know. I have. I know, because he's not my favorite. I will okay. say his voice kind of bugs me, <laughs> but um, I think his focus on getting people on track with their finances I find extremely admirable. Like mm-hmm. there's certain things that like he's very extreme about, like with certain yes. like credit cards and stuff like that, and which I don't agree with a lot of the time. But I think him focusing so much on like get your finances in order before you start to feel like you deserve everything. Yeah. Or like I've heard him talk to people sometimes about like they felt like they deserved a new car or something and and honestly like a car is one of your the worst investments that you can make, you know. Yeah, talk about like depreciating as soon oh as you God. drive it off the lot. Exactly. <laughs> so I do like that quality of him um and yeah. So I'm just going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what though? Mm-hmm. I, he does make a lot of interesting points. I saw a friend who um, was doing one of his challenges. It was like a spending fast. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting to right. 
to completely halt your spending that's maybe extravagant mm-hmm. or unnecessary mm-hmm. and really look at how much do I really spend on groceries a month? Or yeah. how much am I really spending on gas a month? You right. know, to just strip yourself down to living yeah. and getting from point A to point B and not starving. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then say, okay, I have room for like going to the movies, right. you know, a couple times a month or whatever it is that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do think that there there's a place for his advice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, another resource, just one last one. Actually, I lied before. <laughs> um, I actually think, uh, so Jason, I've mentioned him a lot in this episode, but he's, this is kind of a topic that even though we butt heads a lot on like purging things, he's very, uh, he's really good at um, budgeting and finances and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I think I like using him um, kind of as a driving force behind this. But we have actually done a couple times, we've gone like maybe like a week or so of, we have like our normal house expenses and stuff like that and we get gas but there's so many other little frivolous things that you don't even realize that you do spend money on maybe like lunch out if you forgot your lunch for for work or like you stop to get a coffee drink or something like that Mm -hmm. or even like a water bottle at a store and Mm -hmm. we've just gone kind of periods of time without trying to spend money during the day and I find that that I'm focused more on like what else do I have to do? Or like you don't swing by the store to go look at, to go window shop. Oh, right. Because yeah. no matter what, every time you walk into Target, oh my you God. will spend $100. at least $100. It's a given. <laughs> they will charge you at least $100. So <laughs> true. <laughs> so how can a person get started on a journey to maybe get rid of that clutter, that stuff in their life? That stuff. So um, what I would say is make a list of what your ideal life would look like and what you want your home to look like and feel like and then use that as a goal. It's something that I did. It was a tip I got out of Marie Kondo's book, Mm -hmm. actually. And I still have it written down. I actually have it pulled up. I can read like a couple pieces of it. It said, like, I want a modern home that feels warm, is slightly funky, um, is clutter-free, lots of natural life, um, not, <laughs> not natural life, natural light, but I also maybe so. natural light. <laughs> um, anyways, but it's in a place where I can feel creative and write and entertain um, friends and family and recharge. Um, and I wrote this probably about a year ago, but it's really interesting. I had put... Um, a place to exercise, grow plants, relax, be productive, be lazy, make plans, avoid slash escape said plans, <laughs> learn where I can leave to take classes, where I can brainstorm, where I don't stress about money, where I feel at home. I love So, that. I mean, it's not something big like you have to say, in no. the living room, I want it to look like this. But like, right. just to have an idea of what's important to you and what matters to you. What else? Oh, I had said to remember that minimalism is not about bare walls and like clear countertop spaces, that it's about surrounding yourself with what makes your life easier and happier. Um, So start very small, just Mm -hmm. figure out, you know, is there excess in your life, whether it's excess stress, excess screenshots on your computer, whether it's Mm -hmm. excess, debt on a certain credit card or something like that Mm -hmm. and then just slowly tackle the things that you want to erase Mm -hmm. i 
wholeheartedly agree with everything that you just said. Um, <laughs> amen. Yeah, amen. It's yeah, figuring out what you really desire. I think out of what out of life, you know, what's your purpose? It's not like this soul seeking, like I don't like why am I here type thing, but more of like what do you want to do? Maybe in mm-hmm. the next couple months, couple mm-hmm. years, I'm all about that forward thinkingness. Um, and yeah, what are your interests? Like, what do you want your house to do for you? And not feel like you're like working hard to be in your house you know like you're stumbling over things or trying to be the person you want to be but you can't right Um, exactly yeah and also that there's not really a prescription for being minimalist like and even the minimalists even though I have a hard time with them sometimes they say this a lot and I do like that Mm -hmm. you know it's that you don't have to be like them you don't even have to be like us yeah no no not at all we're not pros here Uh, we just ate six different types of (laughs) chips I mean, these are some, maybe you're, maybe this is your life goals, but you know, maybe, maybe, but Let us any, know. <laughs> yeah. but still, yeah, it's more of like taking, taking away what's in the way in the physical sense or otherwise. Oh, that was so perfect. We're going to end it on that. I'm oh, not yeah. going to say anything else. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember that if you ever want to sit and eat with us uh, you can send us recipes or foods that you want us to try maybe there's some chips that we missed <laughs> or there's some other things out there that you're really curious about on the on the grocery shelf uh, send us our way we like those suggestions oh yeah um if you have any questions maybe they're food related nutrition related or really anything else um or maybe you just want to chat with us we would seriously love to hear from you yeah every time we do hear from you we pee our pants a little bit. And you know that's not we a do. lie. On like two different episodes, <laughs> I have peed my pants on the show. And and you screenshot everything as always, and you send it to me. <laughs> I do. Okay. Anyways, you can reach us multiple places. We're on the Facebook. If you just search The Table Chat Show. Twitter, Instagram, both of those places. We're at Table Chat Show. If you're not following us yet, we have a lot of fun on there. You can email us personally at heytablechat at gmail.com. And guys, our website is tablechatshow.com where you can always find the show notes that accompany each episode. The show notes for today's episode are going to be up there. And it's always complete with a list of um, the things that we mentioned, different resources. There's always the recipes for what we've cooked. Or in this case, we're going to link to all the different chips that we tried. (laughs) And then um, if for some reason you think that we've forgotten something, again, you can reach out to us. But always make sure you go to the website, check there. Everything should be there. Mm, What else should I say? Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) iTunes. Get over there. Subscribe. Leave us a review. It would be awesome. Again, pants ping ensues when there's a new review. She is not lying either. (laughs) (laughs) Screenshots ensue. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us around our kitchen table. Now, go away. Go live. Go do your thing. Go be minimalist-ish. In your own way. In your own way. And catch us next time on Table Chat. The show that's the chip. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. The show that gives a chip. (laughs) (laughs) But not the horseradish variety. No, those ones are awful. Let's have more of the pickle. Yay. Bye.
chips. I actually just hit the microphone with my boob. <laughs> I have chips all in my crotch. Oh my god. Oh wow. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> did you just hear my neighbors next door? What are they doing? Did they just decide to hammer up, like, an art gallery? Uh, perhaps. <laughs> what is going on? I don't know. Well, can I just talk? <laughs> okay. Okay, we're ready. Ready for action. Let's do this. In the bud. We Let's never relax it. in. Outcast is everlasting. Not matching. Not, <gasps> not see my... Let's do a little action. Jib, jib, jump there. Go to your orgasm. There it goes in the sun of your memory banks. Seatbelt fasten. Cruise fasten in the. Wait, what's the rest of it? Oh my god, it's. Yeah, that was it. Okay. Oh my goodness. Are you ready to do this? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> From the top. <laughs> <laughs>